What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Talking Dirt Podcast. Now, real quick before we get into today's podcast, I want to give a a quick shout out and a bit of a promo for uh, the guys over at Wicked Fabrication doing some awesome stuff right now. Uh, Guys, if you want to make your race car faster, if you want to yeah, make your race car faster, if if you want consistency, a setup man that's really going to be there and help you along the way, get with Banjo Duke and Wicked Fabrication. Um, he does everything, man. Setups to shocks to bodies, modifications, brand new race cars. We can do it all at Wicked Fabrication. Just this past weekend alone, in two separate races here in the Southeast, Wicked Fab has a top two at the dirt track at Charlotte and over at Lakeview. You had one, two, three Wicked Fab cars in the top five at Lakeview. So, guys, when I tell you that Wicked Fab can make your car faster, that is an absolute guarantee. Get with us today. Go to facebook.com forward slash Wicked Fabrication and uh, send them a message. Or, hey, there's a little call icon right there. Give Banjo a call. Let them know what you need done on your race car. And I promise at the end of the day, we can make your race car faster. Get with us today. That's Wicked Fabrication on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Wicked Fabrication. Go visit them today. And now let's get back to your scheduled programming. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen of the internet, and welcome to another episode of the Talking Dirt Podcast here, recording on Thursday, uh, November the 3rd here, as Matt's doing some, uh, he's doing a watch-along right now, so he'll be giving you guys updates of the current Charlotte race that's going on right now for the, the uh, the what is it, the World Finals, I believe, with the World of Outlaws, and besides that, we got a lot of stuff to talk about, so y'all strap in and let's get into another episode of the Talking Dirt Podcast. And of course, I am Ryan Williams. Joining me, like I just said, Mr. Matt Bridget. Uh Matt, I know we got some racing going on right now, but uh, how you doing this week, buddy? I'm doing good. I'm going to just go ahead and let you know I'm going to be interrupting you a lot with the action that's going on. Right now, Ross Bells and Carson Ferguson are freaking duking it out. They're having a good race going. But I'm doing very well this week. How are you doing? I'm I'm doing uh, just about the same um, updates. The... Uh, the gas situation with my with my truck is almost diesel. um all yeah well yeah the diesel situation <laughs> it was a gas station situation but yeah the diesel situation is almost uh, almost completed I'm hoping to get that back really really soon um hey hey we're talking about Carson Ferguson and Ross Bells Carson Ferguson's got the best of it right now that race almost over but um that yep. situation almost uh, almost coming to a head uh, I hope to get it back before this weekend. Uh, so yeah, that, that should be, should be some really good news. Other than that, I mean, Hey dude, I'm working my tail off. It's, uh, say a prayer for all your UPS drivers out there because Christmas time is coming and we are not okay. Um, it's, it's beginning to be that time of year for us, Matt. Yep. Yeah. I've, I've been, yeah, the UPS, I know they get busy, busy, busy oh, yeah. around this time. Which I mean, hey, it's it's part of the job. I love it. I love the money. 
Uh, Christmas time money is good money. And yeah, I, I bet believe, you get a lot of overtime. Exactly. I believe that LCQ's done. Trent Ivy with that win there. So yep. he will go to the feature here tonight. Ferguson second. He will also transfer everybody else watching uh, from the from the trailers. Cool thing, though. And that includes a lot of big names and a lot right. of local names. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. A lot of big names. Let's just run down who was in that. Um, in that LCQ here, if I can get it to refresh on Zach Mitchell, MRP, Bells, Kenny Collins, uh, Boom Briggs, Brett Hamm. He might get a provisional. Max, uh, no, excuse me, Stephen Roberts, uh, Ross Robbins. Uh, Don't Max just Blair skip over it. Austin Kirkpatrick like that. You remember when he came to, yeah, came yeah. to Gaffney that one time at a waxed tail? Um, Big uh, A was Anthony in there. Sanders. Yep. Speaking of Big A. Um, uh, Carpenter. Have, hold on, hold on. Have you seen the um, the wrap that Anthony Sanders has on the car now? Yes. He's he's put it on there for the past couple of weeks. To see. I, I you see guys it right haven't now. seen it. Um, it's on. It's amazing. Well, duh. <laughs> it's on uh, Facebook. Um, check out. Um, I want to say it's uh, Big A's custom graphics page. Uh, it's there. It is a it's a tribute wrap to Mr. Rick Eshelman, but most importantly, it has all down the side of it um, suicide prevention on suicide awareness. Uh, a really cool design for that rap. Um, really enjoying seeing Anthony run that in, in memory of Mr. Rick. And also, Matt, a rap that you got to see a little bit early in person and not yeah. take a picture of because of I saw it before I'm the gonna, driver did. Hold on. I'm, I'm going to have to let you explain why you couldn't take a picture of it. But Hudson O'Neill's new right. rap on the Rocket One car. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Rocket, Wait. the Rocket One car has a new rap on it. It's not too much different. But it's just different enough, Matt. Uh, what now? Explain because you you went up to Rocket. So go ahead, take us through that story. You went up to Rocket a couple right, of so weeks I'll just, ago last week, and, and I'll just I'll just start from the beginning with the whole trip, and then I'll get into it. Uh, you know about all that other stuff. So, uh, we um we leave out last Tuesday and go toward we. We go straight to West Virginia. It's, it's in Shenston, West Virginia. Look to be about maybe an hour and a half, two hours away from Pittsburgh. So we're way up there. Um, I'm getting sick because of all the mountains, and I can't I can't see nothing because obviously it's dark. But anyways, um, we get up there. We get into a hotel that's like literally five minutes away uh, from the shop, and uh, we stay the night there. We get there about eleven thirty, and we get up in the morning and we go we went we were at the shop about 10 till 7 and they got straight to work on it and while they were working on it uh they gave us the grand tour um we went looked looked at all the cars that they were getting prepped up and um he went and showed us a couple of their other shops the they showed us the um they first walked us into where the hauler was, and that thing is, I've seen it before, and I've seen all the other haulers, but that thing is massive when you're standing oh, yeah. right beside it. it. It's ridiculous. And and one thing I said is that um, I was like, I bet that uh, that detail job costs a pretty penny because that thing was sparkly, and you know it's got a lot of miles on it. But that, uh, anyways. Mm, that one I'm not Ooh, sure about. Big they wreck. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Big wreck. I am so sorry, but that oh, they hit the wall hard. Do we explain, please. I, I don't know who's involved in it though. Oh. It looks like the apparent uh, track champion at 
a Port Royal. I don't know. It looks kind of like Kyle Hammer's car. It's like an orange 48 or 45 or something. And then there's a uh, gray, silver, and uh, green car. That that car needs a uh, rear clip. It's 119. Oh, my God. It looks like a mini late model. That is uh, Brian Bernheisel. Um, so, yeah, big wreck at, at Charlotte. But you were talking about the the hauler that yeah, they so use, the, the rocket hauler. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Getting overzealous here. Hold on. Just, okay. Okay. Slow your roll, cowboy. All right. Hold on. Now, I'm pretty sure they bought a new about. one. I'm pretty sure they bought. We got plenty of time, Matt. Don't worry. No rush. I'm pretty sure they got a new one last year. So that's a relatively new hauler. Um, but dude, it is it's kitted to the nines. I'm not gonna lie. I've seen it in person at tracks. It is ginormous. Um it's it's one of the bigger ones I've I've seen, but yeah, dude, those things are bad to the bone and they only cost I don't know about five hundred thousand dollars, you know, somewhere, you know, that's but, a used price. Yeah, you know, it's it, it's that Every race team can get one, you know. Every race team's got one, right? Right, Matt. Right. Oh, okay. So Scotty B actually gave the the forty eight a or forty nine a uh, right rear there, a heavy right rear, and it just domino effect. Come on, Scotty, get him, All Scotty right. B. So the hauler. Did you, you go in talking it? about? It? Yeah, no, no, no. no. They didn't. Ta- they didn't take us in it. Um, but uh, then we turned the corner, and I look over, and I see uh. I see the 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 new look for uh, Hudson, because you know they mm-hmm. different they differentiate between the, drivers. Uh, the scheme, yeah, because they have right. there there was a, a a driver. I think it was like red and yellow. I can't remember his name, but it was a driver before Josh Richards, and Josh Richards was blue and yellow, right, and some red. And then we obviously know B Sheps, and now this one's Hudson's look, which is right. Just a red roof and a red spoiler is pretty much, but it, I mean, I think it looks good. And like I said, I saw it before Hudson ever saw it, so that's pretty cool. So <laughs> as we're waiting for them to finish, um, there was another person with a hauler that pulled up, and he uh, was unloading a car. And we decided, me and Dad decided to help him. And as we're unloading it, we uh, asked the question, uh, "So who's this car for?" Because it wasn't his car; he was just delivering it for somebody. Turns right. out. Turns out, sprint car legend Donnie Schatz. It was the car he wrecked yeah. at the uh, Wild West shootout. Right, and that was a while ago now. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, you know Don, was, Donnie's been driving. Cool. Donnie's driven late models since. Yeah. Dude, dude, Donnie's driven late models forever. The 15 car he's had for forever now. He had, uh, I want to say, Shepard drove it at the Dome a couple of years ago. Yep. Um. Yeah. Donnie Schatz has been in and out of a late model. For a while, but he, uh, I guess he's better in a sprint car, so he decided uh, to stay there. So he saw Donnie Schott's car, and uh, I guess in this as well, this is during the time that they're working on your car. Yep, it is. Um, and then, then, uh, then pretty much after that, I'm trying to think. Let's see, nothing really happened after that. Um, right before they, or right after they got finished, um. We we decided to see if we could go in the merch store. We, we we I was trying to get some exclusive stuff, man. Before it hit the internet, I was trying to get me some Hudson merch. Right. But, uh, but apparently, what the deal is with that is Rocket's just going to be responsible for Rocket One merch, and then right. uh, Hudson and his wife are going to be taking care of the Hudson O'Neill One Car Whatever shirt. 
uh, shirts and merchandise and stuff. Well, really, because all of Shepard's merchandise on his personal uh, websites were of his the the B five car, and of course all the Rocket One stuff was on Rocket's website, and they got some pretty cool stuff. I might end up getting some uh, some Rocket One stuff for the for the studio here soon. Not but, Mr. Long, yeah, that's that's interesting. Not Mr. I mean, you got to realize I don't really hate Rocket. I just yeah, think that Longhorn, Longhorn's a better chassis, but I do love the look of the Rocket One car. Um, and no, who does? So it's it's pretty. It's pretty. Uh, it's pretty much a staple in dirt track racing at this point. Oh yeah, for sure. It's uh, I I I really see, um, Longhorn and Rocket as you know number one and number two, as uh, in no particular order. By the way, um. You know, chassis across the nation shoot the world, but uh, because you know they race these cars over in Australia. But anyways, they do, yeah. Um, but Rocket's just been on top since like the nineties. So, I, I mean, it, yeah. it's a real big staple well, in, in, into the sport. Well, back then, of course, of course, you did. You had Rocket, um, and then Barry Wrights were GRT was a big one. Uh, yeah, then. GRT Barry Wright Laser. Uh, Swartz was big then. Uh, Swartz is still big. Barry right? still big. But what I'm saying is, you 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 had at, oh yeah, CJ Rayburn cars were huge too. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Um, but yeah, back then you had I mean pretty much the same amount of cars that you had now, but they've all differentiated because where you used to have a ton of GRT and Laser cars nowadays, you have um, I mean obviously Longhorns are right up there with them, but you have. The other brands that are coming through, you know, Black Diamonds or Club 29 cars, as they used to be called. And, um, oh, God, there's so many others now. Uh, Bloomquist chassis. Yeah, man, there's there's just a ton of different cars. So uh, you uh, you mentioned a chassis I haven't thought about in a long time, a laser chassis. I remember uh, Banjo was in one. He was. For a little while. But well, that's, that's, one, what, one cool um, that's what Little Ed drove. That's yeah. what Little Ed Gibbons drove for, well, I believe, the entirety of his racing career. Well, here's um, the thing about that. That was it wasn't the same technically the same company. The laser chassis that Little Ed drove, uh I'm I'm pretty sure Mr. Billy made those chassis. Yeah. I, yeah no, for yeah. a fact, I know he did. Yeah. So but I mean it wasn't the same laser chassis that uh that Banjo had. That was I think that was a different one. Well, no, oh, yeah, Scotty okay, B okay. trying to get so the lead from uh, it, Ryan Gustin right now, and he and he's got it that time by yep. the line. But it it is and it isn't because back then Mr. Billy was he was a certified you know laser builder and dealer certified. No, laser. that was I, I want to say that that was his like he uh, started that uh, like he built that chassis and he called it a I'm laser as well. You. Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah, this was before that laser chassis. I'm telling you, I, I'm pretty sure I'm mm. right on this. You you might be right. I'll have to look up when the when the current day lasers you know started. My, but see, my dad remembers everything, so I'll, right. I'll ask him after. after you this you could be right. He'll he'll probably definitely know. But I don't know how we got on off on a tangent talking about talking about lasers. But uh, the last person I've seen in a laser around here was was Jason Hodge, and that car is unfortunately uh, in the graveyard somewhere. So. Yeah, lasers. Uh, I wish that I wish they would make a comeback. I wish Schwartz would put in more effort to make a comeback. Um, DRT, which I, they they're, yeah. they're getting a revamp coming up. They they come Masters out with a new built. chassis. Masters builts have potential. Mm. Uh, those are called a lot of guys around your neck of the woods drive Masters builts. Yeah, they do. Um, I've had and, 
Yeah, they're, they're a, not bad it was cars. I, one I had was it was a piece yeah, of junk. It was, a, it but was like I said, it was a 04. I was going to say they're not in 2016. They're not terrible cars. They win races. Um, that's what uh, Michael Rouse's Sweet Potato Express is. Uh, John Eller, of course, the Ellers they they are uh, they build Masters built race cars. Um, Michael Marlowe. Yeah, Michael Marlowe has a Masters built car. A lot, Thanks. a lot of people in the Carolinas. Uh, yeah, that is a, you're right. That is a Masters built. Um, so yeah, those cars are all over the place here in the Carolinas, but you don't really see them outside of the Carolinas, which is a bit of a shame. Um, and then also like there there's Capital cars, but not really around here. There's one Capital car that I know of is, is Ooh, Sean Harold. We'll oh, yeah. We're going to get into Sean Harold. Don't you worry. We're going to get into Sean Harold. Um, but yeah, that's the only real capital car here in the Carolinas. You got to go to, you know, Florida, Alabama, Georgia, um, Mississippi, and, and other places to find those. Speaking of capital cars, have you seen that? Um, it seems that Hunt the Front has switched allegiances as, uh, hey, Scotty B picks up a B main win at, uh, at Charlotte. But yeah, um, it seems that the Hunt the Front crew have switched allegiances as they have debuted now a Longhorn car, Matt. Well, I, you know, I just, don't get me hey. wrong, Capital's a good car, and, uh, you know, Shane Clanton does good with it, who's starting <laughs> on the pole tonight, and I right. thought he was going to win last night, but, you know, as far as they go, I don't think the Capital's the right fit for their super program. I mean, they got it spot on for the uh, crates. Oh, I just seen Greg Clark uh, go by on Dirt Vision. Uh, sorry. Um <laughs> But yeah, they got that. I mean, they got their the the capitals, you know, dialed in for crates. I mean, he's right. he is, in my opinion, I feel like he's uh, one of the the better crate drivers in the nation. Oh yeah, like I probably I agree top with ten. I agree. Because oh, I I'd, I'd, I'd push that. I'd say right now Joseph is top five as far as crates are concerned. Because in the past year, two, three years. He hasn't raced 604 as much, but any time he does, he is in victory lane just about oh, yeah. every time, if not in the and top five. Every time and it's a big money won, race. He won the 50K last year. He won 27K a couple weeks ago. I mean, you know, their their crate program's on fire. Oh, I 100%, 100% agree, and uh, good but on I them. Think, I think uh, they'll do good with the Longhorn, though. I'm sorry, but, uh, you know, they— Yeah, finished uh, top three uh, they, week yeah, one with it. Yeah, they had a good run at uh, what East Alabama with it. Yeah, they they yeah, you're right about that at East Alabama. I believe uh, Overton won that race, so uh, congrats to to Boverton. He got a win there and uh, looking good so far at Charlotte. He finished uh, top three last night, so yeah, good run so far at uh, at Charlotte. But how about this, Matt? Uh, running now at Charlotte, uh, the, L the yeah. third LCQ, Peyton Freeman, uh, now driving for Gr Smith in the twenty two car. Uh, Peyton Freeman's a guy who I've raced against. Him. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. She've raced against him, but just I got overall, by him. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> just overall through his career, Peyton Freeman, uh, in the past couple of years, it, it, it was, it was a little interesting because, you know, 2021, he ran mainly, if not all in Georgia, Alabama, he followed the Southern all-star series. Yeah. Now this season it was a little wonky as he went out Midwest for multiple months, and you know uh, he had top fives, top tens, but I don't think he amassed a win. And I think that this new partnership he has with Gr Smith, as as Dalton yeah. Wilson takes the lead from him here, 
this new partnership with with um, Gr Smith for Peyton Freeman is really going to open some doors for him. And oh, yeah, um, for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think your stream's a little bit ahead of mine. I don't know if you're watching on Race Pass or stream. No, I just, I just got it pulled up on my Race Pass. Dalton Wilson is the current leader. Yeah, uh, I'm another guy. Dirt Vision. I, I, I wish you could see Gordy Gundaker's rap. It looks real good. Um, he's is got, it he's sponsored the, by Napa. Is it the blue and white one that Kevin put on the car oh, when yeah. he was down at Gaffney? Yeah, okay. That yeah, that rap's pretty pretty bad to the bone, I'll say that. So yeah, Clay Knight's also in this race. Another one of the best raps out right now. Dustin Mitchell's running eighth in this LCQ. Uh good to see Dustin uh back fresh off of a, a steel block bandit championship up at uh Beckley last week. Uh took a big win up at Beckley. Congratulations to Dustin Mitchell and company. As uh I, I told uh, his his uh, PR man Bobby I said I told him I needed to get my hands on a couple of mini doors and a T-shirt of that rap because it is. I love the Halloween theme stuff, man. Ooh, speaking of Halloween theme rap, this is a bit of controversy. There's been a couple of things posted on Facebook today. You remember uh, that Bobby Pierce 2021 World 100 rap with the the Scooby Doo themed rap? Yeah. People are now claiming that he stole it almost verbatim from Corey LaJoy. When Corey LaJoy drove the number 32 car back in 2019. That's, that's, that's ludicrous. He, it, stole, oh, it, it he is. stole it from Scooby-Doo. I mean, come on. Um, I, I, I just okay, don't, you're right. The, you're right. You're the, right. The little copy thing. Someone's already done it. If you think about it, someone's already done it. Just about. You know? Just just about. I mean, But at the, at the same point, you're, you're right now, because when, it when is a, a mystery machine. Right. When it's a specific rap like. Like he did for uh, with with the uh, Ricky Bobby uh, raps this year for the Eldora races. Sure, right. So I mean, if you're doing it for a specific reason, there's you. No one should say, "Oh, he's copying somebody." Now, if you look at like, say, if someone copies Dalton Wilson's rap, now then you could say, "Yo, why are you copying me?" But if right. you're doing it like, yeah, I I don't know. Like if I did a a, a Richard Petty throwback. Well, oh, he okay, copied Richard yeah. Petty. Well, okay, yes, I, I I think of it that way too. But I just I was just pointing, I was just bringing that fact out because it was a uh, there was a couple of posts I'm that sorry. I saw on Facebook earlier talking about hey you're you're, you're pent up now. I'm loving it right now. I'm loving it. I'm loving the energy, loving the energetic the, tonight. The emotion that Matt Pridgen has finally started showing on Talking Dirt is beautiful. Oh, Brandon O'Neill is in this race. Yes, Brandon O'Neill is in that race, which is crazy because. Oh, so is John Blankenship. Good to see John Blankenship back yep. as well. Uh, Brandon O'Neill, <laughs> Brandon O'Neill, <laughs> former Blue Ridge Outlaw late model points champion. Parker Martin was in a Kyle um, Bronson. Uh, Brandon kind of went on a Brandon kind of went on a hiatus there for a couple of years, and uh, has finally shown back up uh, driving uh, in super stuff now. So it's re yeah, really good to see Brandon uh, back out there in racing once again. Um, as he's running tonight with the World of Outlaws, Gordy Gundaker one spot short. So that beautiful number 11 Napa machine will not make tonight's main event at Charlotte. But Matt, we've rambled for long enough. Are you ready to start talking about some of this uh, some of this racing that we saw last weekend? Because again, it, there wasn't a whole lot. There were just two really big events here in the Southeast or in our little corner of the Southeast, I like to say. Um but still some really cool stuff that we need to talk about. And uh, we can start with an event that neither you or nor I were at. 
uh, the the World Short Track Championship. Uh, it's held in Charlotte every year, and for me, it's time to voice some opinions because I do not like Charlotte, Matt. And I have ludicrous. Oh, no, 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 ludicrous. no. Okay, I'll, I'll explain. Hold on, I'll explain. Please do. Um, Please and do. it's not okay. It's not like I don't like the racing on this track because I'll be honest. This year, Charlotte races were hands down twenty times better than I have ever seen at Charlotte. Um, especially you know those years where the, the it was a little hot. The track was super, super dusty, and, and all that oh stuff. My but my big thing dusty. for Charlotte, yeah, mm-hmm. that's why they call it the dust track at Charlotte. But my big thing at Charlotte is. You're putting on this race that is supposed to be a spectacle, it's supposed to be the biggest race for these local divisions all year long, and you're paying a grand to win. It's it, yeah. it, it it's always been seen as kind of a ploy by the big NASCAR-owned facilities to come in and take advantage of the traction and the fan base that dirt racing has. And, I mean, to a point, that, that take is correct. To a point, that take is correct, although the Dirt Track at Charlotte's been around for, uh, gosh, it, it, it hasn't been around forever, but it's been around for quite a while now. Um, and it's become a staple, and the car counts, you know, they're kind of fluctuating. Last year was a down year for them. This year's a lot better. They had, uh, I think, around 300 cars total that actually showed up. So, I mean, they, right. they, had, a, they had a really good car count, but... When you, all right, all right, they're relying too much on it just being the name rather than actually paying the racers. Because I believe, with as much backlash as I have seen since last weekend, that that event's gonna drop in stature a little bit before next year. So, you're talking, all right, so that one event is the reason why you don't like Charlotte. Mm -mm. No, it's it's every. The the World Short Track Championship, more specifically, like the colossal. Right, okay, okay. Um, like colossal, those races actually colossal, pay money. Yeah, the colossal. The two times I've been there has been it was paying out big time for right. for local guys. Like well, in the, for, like, for crate, you were racing crate all star yeah. stuff, which is big money. Period. Well, and there and last year there was a um, there was a limited race too, and they were paying not as much as the crates, but they were still paying good money. Yeah, that was um. Oh gosh, it Carolina was Carolina Sizzler. I don't think they. Yeah, they, they didn't do it that this didn't year. Didn't happen. Yeah. No, but, but um, what I'm saying, I don't know about the the short track championship. I you know I don't I've I'm well, obviously never been to to that specific race, but I mean, I don't know. Right. So well, your problem's more is, not really with Charlotte. No, no, no. My problem's not really with Charlotte. It's with this one event in particular because they claim to be the right. biggest race of the year for local divisions, but you're okay, paying a thousand to $1,500 in all classes. That's including 604 crates, which usually bring about the most cars. I think street oh, stock God. had the most cars this season and they ran for $1,200, you know, and now, um, car counts in July. They were also, um, I mean, we were just running 604s and supers. That was it. But the car count just for those two classes was pretty good. Yeah. And yeah. then last year at the Sizzler, dude, it was stupid packed. So many. Oh, yeah. There was I, there was so many late models there. It was crazy. Yeah, and the, and there was again for for this one which uh 604's Trent Ivy took that win 
on uh, on Saturday night. So congratulations to Trent. And um, but yeah, my whole problem is really with the World Short Track Championship. The dirt track at Charlotte, when it puts on good racing, it's fine. I I, I mean, it is a, a a big money NASCAR track trying to come in and. and you know, take advantage of the dirt scene, whatever. Uh, that, I mean, that's been known. That was known for Bristol when it happened, too. They call it but, corporate racing. Right. But the problem lies in the money. You've got, you, you are gaining. Good Lord, just look at the entry fees. They had enough to pay out triple what they paid out. Just Gate by fees, entry fees. Gate fees. Do you understand how much money this corporation yeah. just made that they did not pay out to the average race car driver who finishing outside of the top five is making the exact same for racing at the dirt track at Charlotte than they would racing a local race here in Sumter? I am. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. That. It's, it's it, in my opinion, it's just ridiculous. And they need, they need a restructure or that event is going to, I wouldn't say it'll go in the tank because it's Charlotte. Okay, Charlotte's never going to die, but it will lose tra a little bit of traction. I, I just I think that if you if you say you're going to put on the biggest race of the year, I mean I get it. There's exposure. It's Dirt Vision. It's it's Charlotte. It's the biggest exposure that a local racer can get. Pretty much, I get that. But give the guy something to race for at least. Good lord, I mean yeah. you had. They got lucky this year because you watched that street stock race. It was an instant classic racing for $1,200, you know, I, and I know they do it locally. I'm not saying that, you know, that, that we're paying a lot here at Sumter, but we don't have the pockets like these big corporations that put on this race do. They've got the money, put it in the races. You'll get more cars and, and better cars. Cause I mean, just look at what we had at Lakeview, whenever I was over there this past weekend, most of those guys, if Charlotte were to put up, Oh God, even three, three grand to win in street stocks. A lot of those guys would end up going to Charlotte and they would have had even more top, top, top level drivers in attendance. You want to see the best of the best. And if you really want the best of the best, you got to put up the money to get the best of the best is, is what it really boils down to Matt. Oh yeah. That's, that's, the, the one problem I have with Charlotte is they got a curfew when oh, they're God, yeah. in the middle that sucks. of the interstate. That sucks. I, I mean, well, I don't, there know is what, I don't know what the curfew is like right now, but I know when, because I've only raced there in July, the July months. So uh -huh. the curfew then was eleven o'clock. Well, I was talking with a, <laughs> I was talking with a driver. Um, oh god, after um after the the heat race and the heat race night, after the heat race night, and he uh, man, it was his first time there, and I was just talking to him. He said, man. I feel kind of cheated. I said, why is that? He said, I paid all this money to get here. I've spent so much money this week. We've been here for two days. I've raced. I've, I've gotten nine laps on this racetrack, this dream racetrack. I've gotten nine laps on it in two days after paying all this money. And I said, yeah, man, I, I feel you. That's why, you know, I don't, I don't choose to support Charlotte. I don't, I don't hardly ever like going to Charlotte. I mean, they might do something next year that changes my mind completely. And if it happens, it happens. And that would be amazing. But for the World Short Track Championship, I usually decide, unless they ask me to work it one year, I usually decide not to attend. Um, so, so uh, one thing that you just talked about that I don't like about racing, one thing that I don't like that races do uh, is, um, like you were just talking about, dragging a race across three days. 
Right. I mean, right. that's that's one race and three pit passes. If pit passes right. are forty dollars a piece, it, you, you get what I'm saying. Well, I think that what they should have done, um, which would have made that specific event a lot a better, single race. Well, what they should have done is treated all classes. Because they didn't, they ran one uh, one championship feature on Friday or two or something, Hornets and something else. But what they should have done was had, you know, you should have actually, instead of drawing for heats, you know, qualified during hot laps and then. Oh, that was run. a disaster. Yeah. Oh, oh, my God. That was a disaster. But we'll talk about that in a minute because my boy showed up and showed out. Um, uh, what they should have done was, you know, had actual heat races and then to end Friday night, you know, a like lock in so so many from the heat races and then have a feature on Friday night for most of the classes, lock in a, a certain percentage of them into the Saturday feature and then run bees to fill out the rest when, and, and that would give guys actually, uh, that would have given guys more laps and more satisfaction with Charlotte. But uh, at the end of the day, they did have so many cars that they kind of learning from experience in past years, they did what they had to do. So I don't blame them. I can't. I'm, I'm sitting here making suggestions, but I can't blame them for what they did. I really can't. Um, but at the end of the day, for my race team, I'm freaking happy with with the dirt track at Charlotte. And you know, I tried. I tried to talk him into going uh, to Lakeview. The him I'm talking about is Banjo, of course. I tried to talk him into coming to Lakeview to race, but um, you got to realize, Matt, like I was saying earlier, with uh, especially these guys that have their own. That um, you know, work on cars, set up cars, uh, build cars, whatever. That is a race that you're not going to miss, simply because of the exposure that it gets, whether it be social media attention, dirt vision, TV, whatever. So well, not only not only attention, it puts your work to the test. You show people you can run up front with the best of the best, and they're gonna know who you are and what you. And do. boy, did he! Oh my gosh, that man! First off, on Friday. Fantastic in the heat race. I think he, he, he Matt, he drew a, what I, I think he drew a 92 out of a hundred. Um, so that put him way behind the eight ball. Robbie was a little bit better. Robbie started, I want to say fifth in the heat race. Mickey started seventh in his heat race. Ended up finishing eighth. Um, David started back in ninth in his heat race or yeah, but I want to say it was ninth or 10th and worked his way all the way up to, uh, to, all the way up to fifth and six laps, which was, Pretty cool, or yeah, fifth, and they were taking four, I believe. And um, so that meant that he and Robbie both had to race in a B main on Saturday. And racing a B main, Diddy Banjo started on pole, led all every lap of that uh, of his B main, won that uh, clean as a whistle. And then uh, Robbie unfortunately didn't make it, neither did Mickey. That was that was very unfortunate. But Banjo did work his way into the main event, and then on Saturday night, in the main event started seventeenth and. Dude, I've I've been watching. I watched the highlight video a couple times, and every time they put the camera on these race cars, you could just see them weaving in and out of people, making three wide moves, four wide moves from bottom to top. The racetrack was perfect. I give Charlotte that. In previous years, the racetrack hadn't been that great. This past weekend, it was perfect. Um, but yeah, just working his way in and out of race cars. Then he gets up there and battles with uh with Mitchell Duval and um. Uh, Devin Morgan, who ended up winning the race. Congratulations to Devin first off. But uh, yeah, with about three laps to go, David worked his way into third. And then white flag lap throws up uh, an amazing move on Mitchell Duvall. 
um, and, and gets by him and then comes home to finish second. So, yes, yeah, 17th to second in, what, 20 laps uh, is almost unheard of. Uh, and he, he did the dang thing. Congratulations. Uh, second place, Wicked Fab on top. Um, we're, we got, we're, we're cooking up some special, some really special stuff. I, uh, I'll say that, um, say that at the least, but, um, yeah, Matt, overall that street stock race was pretty good. Like I said, um, Trent Ivy won the 604 race. I want to say one of the Cowan brothers won, um, I want to say it was one of the Cowan brothers that won 602s. I'm actually about to pull it up right now and, uh, and look at it here. 602s. It was, it was Gavin Cowan. I don't know if, are you familiar with the, the Cowan brothers out of Georgia, Matt? Uh, Hayden I'm and more Gavin. familiar. I'm more familiar with numbers. Uh, let's see. Gavin's a number 19 and I don't remember what Hayden is. No, I, I don't think so. But it's, it's two young, young brothers, Hayden and Gavin Cowan, both a lot of potential, uh, driving 602s right now. Daniel Parker was second in that race. AJ Bellinger, uh, was third. Good run for AJ Bellinger, a guy that's local, uh, close to you actually. Good run for him. And uh, Jordan Kohler, you were talking about him earlier. He finished fourth in that race. Uh, our boy Austin Mintz finished seventh. Let's see if anybody else we know here. Luke Cooper finished 10th. Uh, Travis Sharp finished 12th, actually. Really good run for Travis Sharp. Um, let's see here. Any more, any more that we might know. Uh, Bear McDowell, 20th. Chucky Duncan, 21st. Uh, John Price, 24th. A couple of laps down, unfortunate. And Brian Mullis. 25th in the 602 uh, main event there. Let's see here. Another thing I didn't really understand is they ran the, the Northeast, um, the Northeast classes, the, um, the sports modifieds, which were the, 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 the crate modifieds that ran at Lakeview. And they also ran right. the, the pro stocks from the Northeast. I, I mean, they did have, they had a decent car count, but that is a, that's a long haul for those fellas. But I'm, I am glad that that they you know bring them to race down here from time to time. Of course, Lakeview does it in February this year. I believe doing big block modifieds too. Um, yeah, some some really cool stuff uh, going on down there uh, this winter. But yeah, uh, pro stocks. The Northeastern pro stocks had uh, let's see. Oh gosh, Josh Coonrot go to victory lane with them, and the Sportsman modifieds. Kevin Ridley, not a name I'm familiar with at all, but he won that one. Six of four. We were talking about familiar. me. I don't oh, know yeah. why. Six of fours. Here's your class, Matt. So of course I told you earlier, Trent won. Uh, old Dylan Brown finished second. Ricky Green finished third. Good run for Ricky Green. He seems to be kind of transitioning right now into uh, more of a six of four driver than he was a street stock driver, and that's good to see. Always good to see progression as he's had this a really successful year season. In late model. Yes, it is, but he seems to be transit like driving that a little bit more now than the uh they have a street stock and he had a really good run to show for it. Uh Jeremy Steele was fourth. Good good run for Jeremy Steele. How about um speaking of of an of another Steele, Travis Steele looks like he's coming to Sumter this week, and I'm excited for that one. He should be one to watch there. Jameson McBride was fifth. Let's see any other names that we know. Matt Long sixth. Benji Hicks on the 55 finished ninth. Let's see here. Uh, Jordan Culler pulled double duty. He raced in that one too. He finished 11th. Steven Padula 12th. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Colton Truel 15th. Remember Colton Truel? Um, he was big in the news. Uh, I want to say he won Charlotte. What was it last week or last year? Excuse me. I want to say he won Charlotte last year or the year before. 
Uh, Colton Shrule was in the in the news pretty pretty heavily there for a little while. Kendall Tucker won, or Kendall Tucker finished sixteenth. Let's see who else we got here. Jeffrey Johnson was in the race. Yeah, Dan Brewer was in there as well, but that's that's pretty much everybody that we might know out of there. Uh, UMPs Taylor Cook won over Ethan Dotson and Justin Haley. Let's see Austin Holcomb fourth. Let's see Mike McKinney fifth. Where did the high side tickler end up? Oh, the high side tickler wrecked out. Kyle Strickler DNF for that one. Let's see. 602 mods. We might know a couple of these names. Ty Norder took that victory. Michael Each second. Jeff Robinson third. Thunder Bombers. This was a this was a really cool race, Matt. Thunder Bombers were a really good race with between Rod Tucker, Benji Knight, Mark Towell. Uh, Hunter Funderburg was up there. Blake Bentley. Uh, Jonathan Henson was, looked pretty good there for a while as well. Thunder Bombers was a great race with Rod Tucker uh, taking victory when it was all said and done. Congratulations to the Hot Rod. Uh, mini stock main event, Matt Gilbert won that one. Stacey Brock second. Nicholas Broom third. Uh, hometown boy uh, J.R. Mosley comes home seventh. Travis Mosley was eighth. Good run for him. Let's see Austin Brown back in 15th. Harley Holden was 18th and... Yeah, a lot of other guys that we know through that race. 26 cars took that main event. And three Hornet features. Winner of feature number one was John Wyndham. Winner of feature number two was Newman Presnell. And winner of feature number three was Dan Benson. A Lancaster driver getting in there. Congratulations to Dan Benson on that win. So, yeah, Matt, overall, as much as I may have a gripe with, with the way that Charlotte runs its races... Car counts continue to be really, really good, and overall, it's a successful event. I just, I just really wish that they would pay more money to these drivers who, you know, spend almost, if not more, than they, than they get paid to race. You know? Yeah, I understand that. Which I mean, <laughs> that's just racing. You, you ain't never gonna make no money racing. Well, no, you're not ever going to make no money racing. But Unless you're Jonathan least, Davenport and win a million dollar purse. Right. But at least, you know, give them something to race for, you know, like yeah, I, uh, it's I mean, th this week, I, Sucher, mean. I mean, of course, your local shows aren't ever going to pay as much as your big shows. But I mean, we've we've tried to be that those kind of people here at Sumter and, you know, put up at least one or two solid money races for every class this season. I think we almost did that if might have missed one or two classes, but still, I mean you you gotta put the money in to get the racers and um I feel like we've we've done a, a halfway decent job at it at least. But now Matt, let's talk at the race that you and I were both at. Of course I was on the call filling in for Mr. Allen Deets once again uh thanks to him and um and Scott and Timmy and Everybody there for having me. I really enjoyed my time there. Uh, great racetrack, great great staff. Um, yeah, all all around great. And you know, it it, it um it kind of did make me think though, Matt. I'm pretty spoiled with with what I got going on at Sumter because uh, when it comes to to calling races, there's at Sumter there is always something to talk about because. When I go to these other tracks, I'm realizing how much bigger these tracks are than Sumter because you don't really have as much going on down the straightaway because the straightaways are so long. And I, at times, I was just like, you know, I, I talk them through the corner, and then all of a sudden, they're down the straightaway, and nothing's really happened. I'm just like, uh, and then they pick it back up. But at Sumter, it's like the track's so small that, <laughs> you know, there's just always action 
wherever you are. And and it makes you think, too, because is Lakeview, what is Lakeview classified as, a, uh, a three-eighths or a four-tenths? Three-eighths. So it's classified as a three-eighths, which is interesting to me. Sumter is also classified as a three-eighths. Which track would Around you say the top, is? Probably. Possibly, but but you, you know which track is way bigger than the other. I'll put it to you this way. My fastest lap at Lakeview was a like a I want to say like a sixteen eight. and that was unofficial. My fastest right. lap I've ever turned at Sumter is two seconds faster than that. And which, that's official. Which makes me think that Sumter is a little bit smaller than we're giving it credit for. Although I have yeah. seen Lakeview, I have seen Lakeview called as a, a four tenths, which that got that kind of uh, uh, irks me a little bit. That uh, kind of irks me. When, when tracks say they're four tenths, hold on, hold on, hold on. When tracks say they're four tenths, when you're talking fractions, this is just basic math. You go back to fifth grade math class, or well, not quite fifth, uh, algebra one. When you have a fraction, you're supposed to divide it down into the lowest common fraction. So a, a, a four-tenths track is a two-fifths of a mile track. You All see right. what I'm saying? Right. That, that yeah, but you're, no, no, no. You're looking at it wrong. All right. So, see, I'm a machinist, so this is how I look at numbers because I, okay. I deal with these kind of numbers all day. When they say four-tenths, they're saying 0. 0.4 miles Four tenths of a mile. They're not saying four slash ten. Oh, I I understand. I understand. It's yeah, point four. Yeah. So right. that's where they get the four tenths from. Right. I, so, I yeah. okay. I, I understand that. I understand, but I'm thinking of it as a fraction because you say something's a three eighths of a mile. You know, yeah, point three seven five. That's three eight. Right. Right. Yeah. Of course. It's. Yeah, you're you're right, but that's the way that I've always thought about it because it just just seeing that number it, it always hurt me. I was like, to, to, it's two fifths. I've always since I've started this, I have always done that, and that's just one of right. my one of my well, little it, things, I suppose. When, when when you say it, it does come off as a fraction, but when right. people, when I'm talking about it, it, right, like like people you know that don't deal with like decimal numbers all day every day. They'll, it sounds like a fraction of them, but guys right. like me, it, we, I, when I hear a number, I just automatically think death. <laughs> right, right, right. Hey, I don't, I don't, I don't blame you at all because you do the, you in that line of work, so you know a thing or two about that line of work. But uh, so funny thing is, is when I first started tech for, because I went to school to be uh, for uh, machinist or machining, and uh, the first thing we had to learn was the decimal form of every fraction up to sixty fourths. Right, like have I still, them memorized. I still, I still struggle with that. Even even when it comes to like bolts and bits and all that, all that stuff, I still struggle with that every now and then. Try and figure it out by memory. It's just muscle memory for me now. It, it, <laughs> well, yeah. If I was in the same line of work uh, yeah. as you are, you, you know, I'd, I'd probably have it too. But you got a leg up on me in that uh, that category then. And those people, I, I don't know if you're this way, but have you ever seen? These those guys around the shop, or probably possibly in in your cousin Johnny's shop, that can just go up to any bolt, put their fingers on it, and tell you what freaking size it is. I've never understood that. I'm that guy. You're the, of course you're that guy. I'm like, nah, not, I don't get it right every time, but Banjo eight times eight times out of ten, excuse me, four times out of five. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I say seven, seven or eight times out of ten, I'm gonna get it right. 
That's what I, I go to. Like I'll, I'll be hanging out with with banjo and whatnot. He'll he'll do that. He'll like put his fingers to it. And we're like, hey, grab me a, a seven sixteenths or whatever. And I'm like, how in the heck did you do that? And now wrenches I, wrenches I can be a little off, but Allen Allen right. wrenches yeah, Allen wrenches I'm spot on. Oh yeah, true. Allen yeah, I guess Allen wrenches would be slightly easier, but well, no, I, I say I, I, no, they're not really. I say is I'm holding an Allen head screw. It's about the same, but the thing is, is you know, like I said, I the majority of the bolts I work with are socket head cap screws, which is the uh, uh, official name for a Allen head bolt. Right. Well, hey, I just wanted to, you know, sidebar into that. What were, what were we talking about? I, I think we're about. Don't, to- I don't know. But <laughs> welcome to the Talking Dirt Podcast, everybody. Where we just talk. Oh, okay, 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 okay. We're talking about. So we were talking about Lakeview. Then we, we got were. on the subject of track size. Then we got on the subject of bolt size. Well, you want to you want to talk about some <laughs> racing at Lakeview? Well, let's talk about yeah. the start of the day because they had a uh, they had trunk or treat at the beginning, which was really cool to see all the all the little kiddies dressed up in their costumes, and even you know track workers got in on it. Race car drivers got in on it. Uh, Kyle Jinx, Kyle Jinx was dressed up pretty cool. Um, I, I did enjoy his little get up uh, when he showed up to the racetrack, and um, then once once hot lap started, man, uh, at, uh, the track was freaking phenomenal. But it was a little, a little bumpy uh, down the straightaways. It was a little okay, slightly bumpy down the straightaways, but it was a little tackier than normal, which I enjoyed. Uh, especially the during rain. the street stock race. Yeah, of course. Okay, yes, because of all the rain, and you know they really didn't have any any dry air to um to dry it out. Um, which yeah, track was in pretty good condition for all of, of the racing. Um, they started. Now this race was crazy weird. Um, the first main event of the night was uh, the Super Street race which had Chris Powers and Benji Thompson on the front row. Uh, Benji took the lead straight out of the gate, led the whole way. And then uh, Chris started losing power on about lap 16. He let, oh oh gosh, I want to say it was either Cameron Norris or uh, David Royal get around him. And then they come to take the white flag and three cars drop out on the white flag lap. (laughs) Uh, Cameron Norris went out first. Then Jonathan Hardy went out. On the on the white flag lap, and then David Royal went out as well. So three cars in one lap all come to a stop just about on the white flag. They all get off the racetrack, and Thompson comes around him and him and Chris Powers were the only two cars under power on the white flag lap. It was crazy. We started with seven, ended with two, but even crazier to think, Matt, your third place finisher. Didn't cross the start finish line to to finish the race. I I believe that that is a first that I have ever seen that happen. I've been doing this a while, but I do believe, sir, that that is the first time that I have ever seen that happen on a racetrack. Any any thoughts or comments there? Because that was uh kind of kind of wild. Have you ever seen anything like that? I'll ask. Um, I mean, yes and no. I mean, oh. Yes and no, because I mean, if there's three vi- three race cars or whatever go karts, I'm sure I've seen it plenty of time and go plenty of times in go karts. But well, I'm just saying, like you yeah. have, say you have five drivers still racing on the white flag lap. You have five cars, and then three of them all go out on the the last lap. Not even wreck, just break. 
Oh yeah, I, I yeah no, I haven't seen that. I haven't. That's well, that's... I saw it Saturday. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, we've both seen it now. It's the darndest thing I've ever seen. But uh, congratulations to to Benji Thompson on that race win. That was he was uh, on a rail. Yeah, dude. He he was flying. Um, and then the next race was the big Brian Owens Memorial. First off, uh, we were there on Saturday to commemorate both Brian Owens and Kevin Outler. Um, Outlaw. Gr- Outlaw. Excuse me. I, um, um, I said it right all night Saturday, and I, I just messed it up. So yeah, punch me next time you see me. Um, but yeah, we were there to memorialize both of those guys. And I really think that these drivers did a pretty good job at it. Um, the street stock race, uh, first seven laps, Matt, one of the best races I have ever seen in my entire life. I will say that straight up the first seven, eight laps, two and three wide throughout the entire field for the entirety of those seven, eight laps um, between TJ White, who obviously led us from the point, him and Terry Caples Jr. were right there at each other's throats. Then Terry kind of faded a little bit and he got, he was there with Cameron Holloway. Um, uh, Daryl Moran was outside front row on the start. He, he was in a three wide battle with, with Caples and Holloway before he ended up getting shuffled back a little bit. Andrew Baker, who made the trip down from Lancaster, he was up there battling those guys two and three wide with uh, Cameron Norris. Um, some other guys that were up there at the front. Uh, Joey Wilkes was up there uh, for quite a while. Um, let's see who else here. Chris Plager had a good run going in the number 30 car. Chris Shaw was in the top 10. Uh, Kevin Roark was uh, he, he was in the top 10 there for a while. Uh, Michael Butler, I believe, is the hard charger. He comes from around position number 20. Uh, to finish sixth in that race. It was also a good run for Brandon Kennard. Uh, Joey Wilkes had a nice run there. Mike Maines uh, dropped a couple of spots, unfortunately, but uh, Mike still had a a uh, a pretty good run there in the Brian Owens Memorial. The winner, of course, was TJ uh, TJ Rocket, TJ White um, in car number 24. Yeah, Absolutely I was about to say fun. he was a rocket ship. Um, and that's why I called him TJ Rocket. Um, but yeah, TJ was flying, son. Um, I really think that if if Banjo shows up this weekend, TJ might have something for him because um, hey, I told TJ on Saturday morning, I said David's not here, so you're my new favorite. And what happened? I, I'm not gonna say that I that I played a part in it, but you know, come on now, I told TJ you're my new favorite. I'm cheering for you. What happened? He won. I mean, there you go. next time I, I, I race, uh, <laughs> let me be your favorite. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're always my favorite. You're always my favorite, Matt. Just in general, you're always my favorite. Um, but another one of my favorites, Terry Caples comes home second. Cameron Holloway comes home third in that race. It was, it was really cool to see, you know, almost, I think it was 30 cars come out. Um, I think 25 end up starting that race, but yeah, good to see those guys in the house. Congratulations once again. To TJ White and now Matt, let's talk about your division. Uh, we talked, we referenced it earlier. The haymaker was in the house, and the haymaker left the house, lapped the field, and came back to the house. Almost left the field. Almost left the field. I really think he could have. I'm not gonna lie. I'm sorry, but he he let off. And this is this is absolutely no disrespect to Mike Uh, Marlowe, Kristen Thomas, Colby. None of them. None of them. No disrespect at all. Sean he was just, just that he had fast. that capital rolling. 
dude, for real. And I really hope he comes to Sumter uh, riding that momentum this week. Yeah, takes the hood off or takes the top off and comes and shows us because that would dude, that'd be freaking awesome. Uh, yeah, Sean's best lap in the race was a 16.2. The second best lap, a 16.69. So yeah. yeah, he was he was Almost flying. Won the okay, guys won the race by sixteen point five seconds, which is right at a full lap. Yeah, he was yeah. he was right behind Christian Thomas. He had lapped up to the fourth place driver, which was Colby. He was right on Christian when they took the checkered flag, and that was the whole story of the race for me. Calling it, I was like, I was just you know everybody up in the tower. We were all on the verge of going crazy because we're just watching this and I'm just telling the race fans, look, I've never seen this happen before. This driver could literally lap the entire field. I mean, of course, uh, if y'all want to get technical, I've seen it with two and three and four car races, whatever. But this, uh, that happened to an, me. an eight car, <laughs> an eight car main event in the late model division at Lakeview, which yeah. has been so tight all year long for him to lap up to third, almost. Was absolutely ridiculous, like ridiculous, dude. And the racing behind him was fantastic, which is the funny part. Oh yeah, the crazy part is Michael and Christian and Colby locked locked up, dude. Those guys were putting on a show um, for a majority of the race, but you know that all the attention was just on Sean because he was that daggum good. He was just that daggum good. Nothing else to say about it. Congratulations. To the haymaker, Sean Harrell, he was freaking hooked up. So up next, Matt, was, of course, the, the Kevin Outlaw Memorial, the stock V8 main event. Well, I want to say like 1,900 on the line officially. And something, our Sumter Speedway takes home the cake once again, buddy. Chucky Nicholson wins in the number zero one. Uh, the car builder, Dalton Hodge, was very happy after this one. I talked to him for a little bit. Ian Padgett finished second. And Jason Floyd finished third. I'm hoping to see all three of those guys uh, come to Sumter this weekend. Uh, Rocky Gaff. home all the money. Dude, you're not even lying. TJ wins that. And actually, no, Somerville took home all the money because Chucky's from just outside of outside of Somerville. And TJ lives just outside of the other side of Somerville. So that well, area. Well, Sumter Speedway drivers. <laughs> right. Yeah, we, we got all the money in that area. Took home all the money, to be more specific. Congratulations to uh, both of those guys. They ran fantastic races. A good run for Jaden Locklear finishes seventh in that one. That one more of a, it was unfortunately more of a caution plagued race um, than what we were trying to see, but still a good race there, a good way to um, to memorialize Mr. Kevin Outlaw, uh, two guys that we lost way too soon, unfortunately. And then moving on, two more races. Jason Brown wins SCDRA. Um, by just under a second over Troy Hill. Great run for Troy Hill. And uh, another uh, Sumter Speedway driver, Summerton native Will Keller, finishes third, riding some momentum into this weekend's Vern Gettings Memorial here at Sumter. Uh, Kyle Jinks fourth, and the birthday girl, Chelsea Richardson, uh, was fifth. Uh, celebrated her birthday with a fifth-place finish. And then the modified main event to end out the night, Dustin Watkins with a 2.2-second victory over uh, Mike Beasley with Colton Beasley in third. So a good run for Dustin Watkins, well on his way to uh, the second-half track uh, championship in the points for, uh, uh, remember earlier this year, they split it into two 
uh, separate halves of the season. So I, th- I think Dustin won. Dustin won the first half as well, I believe. So he. I'm not sure about that. I, I'm not either. either but it, I pro- it was probably did. close between him and the 23. Right. Yeah. I forgot about the 23, which he wasn't there this past weekend, which uh, kind of concerned me. He hasn't. He didn't race much in the second half. Oh well, yeah. He he wasn't there. Uh, Jonathan Hux wasn't there. I heard they got a new car, so that's pretty cool. Uh, for Jonathan Hux and company. But, but yeah, Matt, that was the racing from last weekend. little preview for this weekend. Obviously, we have been watching off and on during this podcast live right now, uh, the Dirt Track at Charlotte for tonight's uh, running of the um, you forgot about a race World too. Finals. Uh, what's that? What else raced this past weekend? Uh, the season closer for the Steel Block Bandits. Oh, right. Yeah, the season closer for the Steel Block Bandits. Let me see if I can find that. Real quick, what was it all, Matt? Passed, was it all? We, I, I'm pretty sure race pass. I'm not. I, I don't know though, but you could probably go on uh, Steel Block Bennett's Facebook and find her. Finish I order, do. I has it. I has it. So I but, has um, it. But on the way to Rocket, we did pass through where Wyth or With or whatever it's called. We passed like that area, and then we passed Beckley, like around that area. Right. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, they they were at Beckley. Um, I, and I remember last week in, on the on the episode, I was like, I don't remember which one it is, but it's one of those West Virginia tracks. I know that, um, or the uh, Virginia West Virginia tracks, whatever. But um, they were at Beckley for for sure, and for sure this time. Um, and this one, Matt, I really really thought that this race was a perfect setup for Tyler Bear in his own backyard to take away that championship from Dustin Mitchell, but Dustin proved me wrong and the rest of Bandit Nation. Um, Dustin showed up, showed out. Great, great, great efforts from from Team 32. Um, Again, with a beautiful wrap on the race car, he won that 50-lap main over uh, Zach Milby. Bear does finish third. He wrapped up second place in points. Uh, Good run for both of those guys. And then a lot of local guys here, Derek Rogers, Finished fourth. Derek Quaid, uh, uh, regular with the Bandits, finished fifth. Let's see who else we got up there that we might know here. Derek Rankin wrapped up the um, the rookie points race. He finished 11th over Cody Wright, finishing 12th. Let's see. Robbie Emery finished 14th. Brian Strickland finished 15th. Clint Hodges, 16th. Let's see who else we got in here that we know. Michael Batten, unfortunate there. Finishes in the 24th spot after only completing uh, 13 laps. So, yeah, that was the season finale for the Steel Block Bandits Dirt Late Model Challenge. Congratulations to uh, to Team 32. Um, great, great season for them. They totally deserve that after the domination that he has, he has put forth. And we'll see if that uh, moves him even higher in the uh, rankings of Dirt Late Model competitors. Um, because the really successful season uh, for him and hey, Corky, all them involved as well, really successful season all around. Um, Matt, anything else before we preview what's going on this weekend? Because we got a a big weekend yeah. down here. So we've talked about college football on the podcast have. in the past, and, and I just want to say you were talking about you know my team against App State. Right. Well, they're playing right now. I'm currently watching it. There is eight and a half minutes left to go in the third quarter, and Coastal is up 21 to 14. Right. Let me 
And then over in my fantasy football realm of the world. I'm doing um, terrible. I don't want to talk about it. Well, in my league that actually matters, I'm sitting at seven and one, and I'm not looking great so far. Jalen Hurts has not given me the performance that I want so far out of the first half of the Eagles Thursday night game. That's I don't like Thursday night football games when it comes to fantasy and picking my teams. I can't stand Thursday night games because you know it, it always it locks you it locks you in on Thursday night. Yeah. Um, and that's that's the one thing that I don't I don't like well, is relying on yeah, Thursday night games. That. But I'm doing it this week. I had that problem uh, this past week because I have Debo sent up. Yeah, I have Debo. I can't remember his last name. Samuel. Samuel. Yeah, that's it. So I got him and I didn't know he was going to be out. So like you said, Wednesday, I couldn't. I couldn't change it. And then. Next thing I know, Sunday comes around and he's out. Right. But he was still questionable when I went when I couldn't change my lineup. Well, hey, before we uh, before we move on here uh, from a little fantasy talk, uh, take it from the racing man. If uh, Deion Jackson, Colts running back, is available in your league, pick him up for this weekend uh, and stream him as a, as a flex or an OP or whatever it is in your league because uh, I don't think Jonathan Taylor is going to play. And if, if Jonathan Taylor uh, doesn't play, then that's going to be uh, really big for Deion Jackson. I might actually throw him in one of my starting lineups. So, uh, Matt, let's let's real quick preview this weekend because uh, you might even be down here. But we got a big weekend here at Sumter Speedway. Season finale, uh, the Vernon Gettings Memorial, uh, the Turkey Day race that we have every year here at Sumter or this year. Returning will be the Blue Ridge Outlaw Late Models this time. It's part of their shootout series, $3,000 to win already. A lot of really nice names confirmed. I'm excited to see the turnout that they have. Excited to see the turnout that we have as a racetrack in total because I feel like this is going to be a really, really big weekend. If you guys are anywhere near um, Central South Carolina, come down and check us out at Sumter Speedway uh, for the, um, excuse me, for the Vernon Gettings Memorial Race. Uh, that should be that uh, should be a really big event, and I hope to see you there as well, Matt, as we end off the season really sad that you can't race it. the car is not quite ready yet but uh yeah really excited for this final race here um and i hope this you're able to join me yeah maybe i'll be able to show up i i you know i'm not sure yet i gotta see what all's going on uh but that should be a good race i mean yeah the blue, oh, yeah. The blue ridge the blue ridge race at the season closer at something it's been that way for for uh for years now so i mean it's well, it wasn't Pretty last much. year. Remember, uh, remember last year they, um, gosh, what exactly was it? They were, it was a rain out. Well, it was technically a rain out and, you know, it cleared up here and we decided to still race. So we put uh, a ton of yeah. money in street stock. If you remember that, uh, Justin still came. He won the late model race that night and I think Banjo won the money. No, 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 no. I'm wrong. Uh, that was the night that, uh, Banjo won street stock and then got thrown out for seals and, I can't remember who exactly was uh, confirmed the winner of that race. That was a year ago now, and my brain's foggy. I don't remember. But, um, yeah, that, that's what happened last year. But before we close out the episode, of course, Dirt Track at Charlotte is going on, Matt. Um, they just got Missing done with the— formation. Yeah, they, they're, doing, they're doing the Missing Man for Mr. Rick right now. Um, and, of course, uh, the Super Dirt Car Series just ran there. Their B main of or their A main event, excuse me, Matt Williamson won that one over Eric Rudolph and Matt Shepard. 
and the World of Outlaws are lining up now to run their A-Main event. So I guess before we end tonight's episode, we're going to take a quick pause in the action, and I or Matt or both of us are going to be back in just a moment to give a little review of what happens in this World of Outlaws A-Main event. And we are back here uh, to give you guys a review of the race that just concluded here tonight, uh, night number two at the Dirt Track at Charlotte for the World of Outlaws World Finals. Um, and hey, quick race, green to checker, th- uh, 40 laps. Uh, Tanner English leads all the way through, takes the lead from Shane Clanton on lap number one. And from there, smooth sailing for Tanner English, about all that I can say about that. But Man, it was some pretty good racing there. Um, pretty good racing throughout the field. Of course, uh, Chris Madden was on a run late um, and uh, throughout most of the race. In fact, Chris Madden was pretty quick. Mikey Marler, uh, your night one winner, looked like he was going to have a shot at it uh, for a while there, but kind of gets sucked into the sucked into the top five and couldn't get out of it. Um, Tyler Erb looked really good in that race, didn't he, Matt? Well, he did at the beginning, but he uh I remember he was running for what like sixth, fifth, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. But then towards the end of the race I seen he had fallen back to I wanna say like eleventh. Well you yeah, and I were 11th. talking you and I were discussing during that race. Uh Tyler's a guy that when you see him he is either ripping the cushion and super duper quick, or if it's a slicked off track and he's right he's at the bottom, he's not the best he's either really, really good or you know he's he's not at the front is is kind of what is kind of what unfortunately happens with Tyler Herb but but still man a young driver that has a ton of potential and you and I were talking about that Rocket One house car uh, Hudson had a really good run there lost a couple spots late but Hudson had a really good run there adjusting to that Rocket One car which I mean shouldn't be too much of an adjustment he came from a rocket into a rocket but yeah like you said uh, you got to see that wrap earlier it's a beautiful wrap but. A good run for him, um, and I was most surprised there that Tanner English gets his first ever win at the dirt track at Charlotte. Yeah, that was a big win for him. It was. It, it was a huge win for him. Of course, rookie of the year with the World of Outlaws was close to the points win. I think uh, Dennis Erb got him beat at the very end. Um, frustrating run for uh, Brandon Overton. Overton was stuck in the mid pack the entire race. Uh, Ferguson was was kind of the same. And I hated to see it for uh, Trent Ivy, your third place finisher on night number one, uh, not able to back it up. Hate to see it for Trent. Hope uh, hope better for him in the next two days uh, because Trent has a ton of potential and uh, and needs a couple of good runs to really solidify himself with the World of Outlaws. Matt, anything more to add here before we close out the show? Yeah. And I'm going to make it really quick. I, I know this is talking dirt, but we have to talk about it. Okay, we, we'll talk about we it. We have to. We'll and, talk about it. Yeah, this episode is going to be a little long, but hey, it'll be all right. Um, so going into the championship weekend, um, now preference it. This is NASCAR. Preference preference this. Yeah, this is NASCAR. NASCAR championship weekend for NASCAR. After what we saw this past Sunday, I think, um. Mr. Chastain gained a lot of fans. I was definitely not a fan of him before, but after that move, I, was. I call it a uh, secret tunnel move. <laughs> <laughs> secret nah. tunnel! But no, um, you yeah, know, 
hey, and you hear the radio. You heard you heard the radioactive where he was like, "Yep, you got to get them last two spots." And he just says, "Okay." And then you just hear, "Wow, well, no, oh. <laughs> no." They told him he said, "He said I got to beat the 11th. They said, "Yeah." He didn't say anything. Just jammed yeah. it, and it worked. I, I mean, and and let's be honest here. We we've all done that on, on the video games. Damnedest thing I've ever seen in my life. I've I tried to do that in at uh, Cherokee back in July. Didn't work out so well. <laughs> Did not work for you, my friend. <laughs> but no, but no. All jokes aside, that was, I mean, he, he did what he had to do, man. That, that I mean, some people might not like that move, but that's just his determination. I mean, let's, what what's the great quote? It's not the one with the fastest cars who refuses to lose. You know what I mean? That, that mentality. I just love that in a driver. Absolutely. And he absolutely uh, refused. Uh, to lose out of the championship four, so that's going to be an so exciting. That's going to be guy. my pick. I, I ain't gonna lie, he, he's my. You pick. can't just steal my it. man like that. What you talking about, bro? Can't just steal my guy that like work? that. I've been, I've I, been on I'm the wrong saying, for right, like four right. years. Well, look, look, look. I'm not saying you can't pick him too, but okay, I, I'm picking him. All right, all right. How about this? I hope, <laughs> I hope Ross Chastain wins it, but I'll let you pick him, and I'll go Chris Bell. What? Because if. Okay, if uh, if Ross doesn't win it, I want Chris Bell to win it. One, because he's so, a dirt driver, and two, because he'd be another first-time champion. So it's it's Chase Elliott, Chris Bell, Ross Chastain, and who else? Logano. Oh, guy, just don't be Logano. I don't care anybody but Logano. I don't see. Care. I like Logano. I don't. I, I like don't. Logano. It's a cocky little. Hmm. Hmm. He's 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 uh, cocky. He's. They're Races all the divas, though. It's just it's bias at that point, you know? And Ty Gibbs is apparently the biggest diva of them all. Oh, my God. Yeah, well, let's, not one, get in, let's not we, get into that. We'll save that one for another episode, because that was that was interesting. He and, and Noah Gregson and uh, some other guys getting into it there. Ty Gibbs has had a lot of bad things said about him. Just when he thought uh, Bubba Wallace was going to take up all the media attention for doing bad stuff, Ty Gibbs comes in and says, hold my beer, Uncle Bubba. And uh, does way worse. Um, but yeah, I'm really, dude, I'm, I'm so excited, man. I've been a Ross Chastain fan since 2019, 2020, um, 2019 into 2020. And to see the progression he's made, these new cars were the perfect car for him. I I, I have a feeling, and he is proving it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he he it, proved it very well this past Sunday. And people say, people say he's, you know, I know that you and I had a conversation on a podcast earlier this year about Kyle Busch being the closest thing we have right now to Dale Earnhardt. I think I was wrong. I think it's Ross Chastain. Well, the way he's the way he's driven this year, the way that a lot of drivers don't really like it, the way that fans are taken to it, he's kind of growing into that role just a tiny, tiny bit right now. But see, you, you also think, you know, you're talking about driving style now. Driving style. I mean, I think Joey Logano is like that too, but people uh, just don't like yeah. him. Yeah, well, that that's more of his his attitude in general, and you know, it's like Joey Logano has got it's like a a wrestling or no bonds to wrestling. He's got that like slappable face, you know. He's he's got that like that arrogant, cocky, want to slap him in the face face. And, I mean, Ross well, doesn't have that. He's got he's a watermelon farmer. Dang it! I mean, I don't know. It's it's just bias, you know. It it is it's personal bias, but it, at the it's same just, time, uh, who you who, who it's pretty much who messes up your favorite drivers, you know? 
Right, right. At and that point. Forever it was Kyle Busch, and now it's Joey and, and Garrosh Chastain, Mellow Man to the top. <laughs> Gosh, man, I, I love Russ Chastain. I really hope he gets it done after um, after yeah, all the, the trials and tribulations that he's gone through since he started his NASCAR career. But, Matt, we've run way over what we normally do here on this episode of Talking Dirt. I want to thank everybody for um, for watching. Of course, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Talking Dirt. You can find Matt on Facebook and YouTube as well. Look up Matt Pridgen Racing and give him a follow there. Follow us both on TikTok. Matt is at the Pridge 14 and mine is at Talking Dirt, of course. And um, yeah, guys, go ahead and uh, like and subscribe if you're watching this on YouTube. Uh, and uh, hey, add this to all of your playlists, all your podcast devices, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Of course, this has been uh, the latest edition of Talking Dirt uh, pre Vern Gettig's Memorial. We'll get back to you guys next week with results from that. But for my co-host, Mr. Matt Pridgen, I've been Ryan Williams bidding you adieu for this episode of Talking Dirt.